when I was when I was doing my master's program, one of the requirements for the entire program was what they called rule of life. Uh, sometimes we called it rhythm of life, but it was consistent. It wasn't really a course per se, but it was something that we had to do. It was on our schedule every semester for the entire program. And it was a, uh, it was a repetitive practice of establishing spiritual uh, connections to deepen our experience of God. And I was telling uh, my wife that the ironic thing about this rule of life practice is that it never, ever involved a church service. Not explicitly. And for many of us, we found that the rhythms of life that drew us near to God, that gave us life and deepened our connection with God, had very little to do with institutionalized church programs. We were all ministers, so we all were involved in congregations. We all were involved in ministries. We all did worship services and Bible studies. We spent our days talking about theology and talking about scripture and reading and writing about these things. But those things were very rarely the rhythms of life that drew us near to God. They were very rarely the things that gave us life throughout the week, that helped to ground us and center us in our relationship with God and our understanding of Jesus. Because the reality is that worship is such a small part of our lives. This worship service here this morning, the Sunday morning experience is such a small part of who we are and what we do as human beings. So the idea of grounding our entire relationship with God in this one moment, once a week, uh, is a difficult thing to really make work for the average person. And in the past, I think we lived in societies and in communities that made up for that. They made up for that by doing other things with their same church communities. Because many people in past generations grew up in communities where the church was not just Sunday morning. It was the neighborhood you lived in. It was the people you worked with. It was the people you went to school with. Youth groups were your friends. You were at church. You were at school. You were at play. You were at each other's houses. I'm sorry. Can somebody scoot that back a little bit for me? So Sunday morning worship wasn't really the place where we were grounding our faith. Sunday morning worship wasn't the place where we were grounding our relationship with God. Sunday morning worship was just something we did with our communities. The experiences of God were woven throughout our very lives. They were woven throughout our schooling. They were woven throughout our dinner times, our lunch times, our breakfasts. They were woven throughout our hobbies and our leisure. We had places to go and to be and to socialize. We had places to enjoy life, to be still, to practice together the experience of community. And for many people today, that's simply not the case. For many Christians today, there is work and there is home, and there is no third place. 
For many of our communities, there is nowhere to even go and to gather unless you have money. I can't go to a coffee shop and just sit and be with my friends unless I can buy coffee. I can't go to a restaurant and just sit and be and think and work and read unless I can buy food. The malls do not have places for me to sit. They call it loitering. The strip doesn't have anywhere for me. It's a tourist trap. Many of those places don't even have chairs for the public to sit in. They want you to sit at a gaming table or a casino. There are no third places. We have parks in Las Vegas, and yet many of those parks are taken up by other things. Some of those parks have the most uncomfortable benches I've ever sat on because we get worried that homeless people will sleep there. We get worried that vagrants will stay there. We get worried that teenagers will loiter and then they will vandalize. And so we design our shared spaces to actually push people away from them so that they look pretty and we can say that we have them, but they never get used. And it's true that there are a lot of sports and youth programs in Las Vegas where people assemble to watch their kids play soccer or baseball or football, and then people go home. This is the reality of much, much of American life today. And so for many people today, this worship time is the center of their relationship with God. But that's not how it was intended to be. I don't believe that this is the vision that God had or that Jesus had for what the church would be. I don't believe that this is the vision for what life is supposed to be as a person who has a relationship with a personal God. I think we have broken the system. When we look in Acts 2 and verse 44, it says, All who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as, they, as any had need. Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. It is such a short passage and I think for most of my life, I glossed over this passage. It seemed so obvious. Of course they spent time together. Of course they broke bread together and ate at home and ate their food and were glad. And of course they shared their possessions. But when I look around at Christianity in America today, what I realize is this isn't true anymore. Christianity has become such a lonely and hostile place even for the people who grew up in the churches. Being a Christian who goes to church in America is like being a person who is not afraid of the places they grew up in, even though they are war-torn countries. It is their home. It is our home to be in the church. And so we are not afraid. And yet when people look at us from the outside, they see what we refuse to that Christianity in America is a war-torn community filled with broken people who are struggling to, to figure out how to break bread with each other. The community, the congregation that I preached at before this one, rented space in a business plaza. 
It was out of the way. It was off the beaten path. It was affordable, is what it was. It met our needs well enough, but the closest person to that space lived at least a mile away. We lived on the other side of town. It was a drive just to get there and just to get home. We spent anywhere from one hour to two hours a day on Sundays just getting to and from church. And that commute wasn't a communal commute. It was just us in the car with our family. My dad took the bus to worship a couple of times. He lives near where we lived. And it took two and a half hours just to get there. Can you imagine having to spend two and a half hours just to get to worship service? We couldn't afford to be anywhere else, to do it any other way. And we talked about moving locations many times. The reality is our congregation didn't share life together. We didn't meet in people's homes and break bread and eat their food with glad and gracious hearts. We didn't sell our possessions and give to those who were in need. We weren't even in the same neighborhoods. We only came together to worship, and when everything else is lacking, there is nothing else. One day a week cannot sustain a spiritual relationship with God. One day a week is not enough spiritual practice to get us through the week. And so you hear people say things like, pray daily, read your Bible daily. And I think this is good advice. But it doesn't change being alone. And when people in America get old enough to move out of their homes, and they go off to college, and they go out and get jobs, and they move to other states, do you know how difficult it is to meet people who share your theology, your philosophy, your relationship with Christ? You have to take the roommates you can get. You have to take the jobs you can get. Selections are not everywhere. There are not options. And as much as we like to pretend that there is an epidemic of laziness, the reality is America is in survival mode. We are just trying to survive. Something like 50 to 60% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck and are technically impoverished. Young people today are just trying to survive, so if they have to take roommates on the other side of town because it's what they can afford, they don't get to pick who those roommates are. They don't get to pick how far away they are from their church or from their religious community. They don't get to pick what kinds of rhythms of life they're going to be part of. And when we don't bake God into everything that we do, when we don't have ways of giving ourselves life through our meals, through our commutes, through our places of living and leisure and worship beyond worship services, what we find is we have this empty life hanging by a thread. And then to miss a worship service completely ungrounds us. We feel like we're floating through life without anything to tether us to our God, to our faith, to our religious communities. And yet, for some reason, we cling to this pattern. For some reason, we cling to this antiquated way of doing Christianity. We cling to it, and we ignore what it is that our heart and our minds and our spirits tell us that we need. 
We wake up every morning just wishing for another worship service when in reality the Spirit cries out in us for something more. It cries out for all those little moments when we are attentive to ourselves and to the God who is with us. It cries out for all those little moments when we share a meal that is something different than just eating food. It cries out for all those little moments when we do something more than just going to work and coming home every day. To be human is to be more than surviving. Humans were not made merely to survive. Worship was not made merely to center us in God. Or to put it another way, worship services, man was not made for worship services, but worship services were made for man. We are not slaves to Sunday morning. Worship services are not prescriptional. There's nowhere in Scripture where it says, this is how you must do Sunday morning. There is nowhere in Scripture that says, this is how you must center your life. In fact, I would argue that Scripture gives us models that don't center Sunday morning worship at all. Did they meet every week? Yes, we just read that. They came together all the time, but you know what else we read? We read that they met daily. We read that they were constantly in the temple and breaking bread at people's homes. We read that they shared life together. We read how Jesus eats his way through Luke, sharing meal after meal after meal with people, moving from space to space, sometimes in people's homes, sometimes in the temple, sometimes in the synagogues, sometimes in the open fields or on the mountainsides. There were places to be. There were things to do that made our lives touch the lives of other people in ways that drew us near to God. And we have lost all of that. And what I challenge you this week is to ask yourself what it is that is missing from your life. Not what's missing from your Sunday morning. Not whether or not you went to church that week. What is missing from your life that is causing you to feel ungrounded from a God who pervades the entire universe? How is it that we can live lives believing in a God who is in all things, through whom all things came into being, and in whom all things are held together, and not feel connected to that God? It happens because we have not been taught to be attentive to the Spirit. We have not been taught to be attentive to our own relationships. We have not been taught to be present in the moment and to attend to the lives of others. We have not been taught to be hospitable. We have not been taught to be interruptible. We have not been taught to see God everywhere. Instead, we have been taught that God is only here, that God only shows up on Sunday morning. Do you know how many times I have heard ministers say that you have to go to Sunday morning worship because it is where you connect with God? What kind of theology is that? That God only exists in this limited space. This is not even a church. We are standing in a theater in a retirement community. 
If God can be found here, then why not out in the hallway? Why not in your room at home? Why not in your kitchen? Why not standing over the coffee pot grinding beans in the morning? Why not while you bake? Why not while you ride in your car? Why not while you exercise at the gym? Why not when you sit in class or walk across campus? Why not when you sit and laugh with your children? A God who is a God of the universe cannot be limited to a space like this. It is not only a disservice to God, it is harmful to our relationship with God. I challenge you this week to find God in something else. I don't mean that there is a different God. I mean that the God we claim to worship is bigger than any building and any space and any single moment. I mean, I challenge you to be attentive to the Spirit when you wake up in the morning. I challenge you to be attentive to the Spirit when you shower and brush your teeth. I challenge you to be attentive to the Spirit of God in you when you don't want to do the things that cause you to survive. When you wonder about whether your life has meaning. When you go to work and you come home and you don't have a third space. I challenge you to be attentive to the Spirit when you pray and when you read and when you sit quietly and when you scroll through your phone. I challenge you to be creative about how we encounter God because we need creative solutions. And if your entire faith is grounded in this one moment on Sunday morning, then I think you have made God too small to be a God of your life. Please pray with me. Lord God, Christianity is in a season of change. And for many of us, that leaves us ungrounded. It leaves us feeling uncentered, not really knowing how to connect with you because the traditions we were raised with don't seem adequate anymore. We are missing the pervasiveness of you in our world. We are missing the everyday moments. We are missing the way that the divine can be encountered in the mundane. Help us in this season of change. Help us to find new ways of being attentive to you. Ways that help us to be better in life more capable of understanding you, more capable of encountering you, more capable of seeing you and living into hope in all the world. Help us to find ways to encounter you and rhythms of life that draw us near to you and give us life in you. Because the world needs creative solutions, Lord. We need creative solutions. We need to remember what it's like to encounter a God who is bigger than Sunday morning, who is bigger than any one moment, any one practice. A God who we encounter and love and take joy in day after day so that our worship means something to us. We have made worship our God. We have made services our idols. 
And it is time for us to encounter you in real life so that our worship exemplifies our joy in you rather than encapsulating it. We love you, Lord, and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.